Yo, y'all listen up. I got something to say. I'm going to speak the truth to you, but some of y'all, you took a shortcut, a convenience this summer. You was like, coach ain't here. The season's weeks away. I got time. Are you kidding me? As a college athlete, you got four, maybe five years to be great or be forgotten. So are you home taking it easy? Somebody else is out there in the heat just about killing itself to make their name great. But you got time. And Yo, yo, thank y'all for joining us here at the Athletes Table Podcast. I am your host, as usual, the Dylan Craft. And alongside me, I have the Lebanese style on Nick Hanna. What's going on, my G? What's good, bro? How's everything going? Man, it's going. I literally just got off of work. Like, I was, like, speeding off. Like, I text you because I was going to go home a little bit earlier today just to, like, mm-hmm. make sure I was good to go. Mm-hmm. And I got a guy came in. He wanted a job book. So I had to write, like, do a job real quick. And I ended up talking to like two of the guys for like 20 minutes uh-huh. so i had to hurry up and speed home <laughs> so, like literally i just walked through the door and i had to get everything set up and good to go Jeez. yeah but we've been busy man that's good that's good you know this this time of year is gonna be the busy time because it's nice outside you know it's gonna be sunny mm-hmm. warm it's not gonna be that cold weather anymore you know not like how they had to go through for indoor track oh i know going from and, the bus uh, to the uh to the facility you know so that's Hey, I didn't do indoor, so it didn't matter to me. Hey, I do have something kind of cool to say about indoor track. So my dad drove some division, drove Shaw University, a division two school in Raleigh, North Mm -hmm. Carolina. He drove their track team to a, uh, to a indoor competition of like almost all the D one and D two schools in the country Mm -hmm. or in the Southeast, I should say not country in the Southeast. Right. Um, but he ended up seeing a lot of ECU athletes there. So he was really? he went inside, got to watch a little bit. He said that yeah, ECU, UNCW, um, a lot of big time schools were there. And then this little tiny school of like, you know, Shaw University that's hidden in downtown Raleigh was there. And mm-hmm. um, but he said, Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of cool things that were going on there. He said, uh, you know, running was he said all the meets, all the races were really fun to watch. He said it came literally down to the wire for almost all of them. Yeah, he was probably doing the Southeast region for indoor. Uh, yeah, and, it, it was and to it, go to nationals or something like that, or go. Yeah, you know, that was whatever, that was. So. Yeah, that was the yeah. Southeast. Down, region I think I believe region. it was down towards Winston Salem or Charlotte area. I'm not 100 percent sure, but that's yeah. why I believe it was. This was about a m- couple months ago, so I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay, yeah. How, how long or where it was that anymore? But um, yeah, that is pretty yeah. cool that he was doing it. Yeah, he saw the reason why he knew EC was there. You see the big pirate bus. You can't miss that. You can't you miss know, it. With, the, with the big skull on the side. Yeah, you can't miss that. <laughs> well, we'd be the one to have tattoos on our bus. I mean, that's honestly yes. Yeah. Honestly, yes. So you, you um... see, you see Alabama pull up in a Mercedes bus, and you see us with giant <laughs> tattoos. Look like we just came out of jail. And yeah, you know, Pirates by ninety. That's how we do it. Get <laughs> a roll, Pirates by ninety every time. Oh, definitely. But yeah, uh... we're gonna stop talking about ourselves. We're gonna bring in our guest today, Miss Nadia Faison. Welcome. How you, How you doing today? 
Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're so, so excited to have you on today. Thank Been you. looking forward to it. So I know it was quick notice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not doing anything. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she said, oh, the graduation already happened. We're all good to go now. Yeah. <laughs> we're all right. Like, you know, like I, I've got plenty of time. Just, you know, just come on. Let's just do your thing. Do your thing. Exactly. So I don't know. Like, I know you've listened to a couple of our shows. Um, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Logan's episode and Becca's episode. And Ryan's. Oh, and Ryan. Ryan. Sorry, I forgot Ryan. I forgot Ryan. You can't forget Black Lavender. Nah, sorry, Black Lavender. I'll hit you up later. Don't worry. Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> so you kind of know a little bit about our format, how we do things. So you're already like mentally prepared for us to <laughs> reel you. Like, get oh, to know oh you. it's going to go deep. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little she nervous said. coming on here because I've never done an interview like this before, but I'm excited. Hey, first time is always going to be the best time because that's when you make all the memories. Because after that, it gets easier. The mm-hmm. first one is when you make all your memories because you're like, oh, man, I remember when I did this. I'm going to go ahead and change that up this time and, you know, whatever else the situation may be. But it will have the most memories from this one. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Save it for senior year. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. So, all right, well, we'll get right into it. So let's let's start. Where are you from, Nadia? Um, I'm from Charlotte. I've moved mm-hmm. around a lot, but my family's in Charlotte now. Okay. Okay. Is that like in Charlotte or is that like outside of Charlotte, but it's small town and you don't really want to? Uh, well, currently we, live in, <laughs> currently we live in Met Hill. We okay. used to live in Charlotte. We've moved all over the place in Charlotte, but okay. yeah, I was on South Charlotte. Now I'm in Met Hill, which is like two seconds away from real Charlotte, but <laughs> I got you. Yeah, that's that's how we were in Wilmington. Like we lived in Wilmington, but you know, like we lived on the outskirts of Wilmington. Yeah. So wait, you can't really. Yeah. Oh, just four. keep it simple. Yeah. I got you. So, um, how did you get involved in sports? What What was your first memories of playing sports? Um, well, I've been playing sports my whole life. Both of my parents were athletes. I thought I was going to do softball in college. Wow. Um, but my high school team wasn't great so I, I knew I wasn't going to get any attention from that so I decided to switch well I didn't decide to switch I decided to run because my mom she ran track at A&T she's a hall of famer or whatever and I was like oh, oh. only only a hall of famer oh. only a hall of famer <laughs> <laughs> I know she's not gonna like that part I'm sorry mom but <laughs> I told you most memories made right here no <laughs> um but yeah can't so, wait for the family reunion I know. <laughs> Did you hear what my daughter said about me on this show? <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to start running, but I knew I wasn't a runner. I mean, I was fast, but I wasn't that fast. So then the throws coach was like, you should come over here. And I was like, okay, you know, running is not working out. So I'll come over here. Ended up really liking it um, just because I was good. When I'm good at things, I really like it. So yeah, that was about my sophomore, junior year of high school. So I just stuck with it, and now I'm here. So when you were in high school, what year, like, when was that? Was that, like, you know, did you graduate 2016, 2017? Like, when was that? Um, I graduated in 2018. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so. she, she, came, she came in whenever I was a senior. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, what, that's what I was trying to get that idea, like, roughly the time period, mm-hmm. in a way. Um, yep. Okay, so what was, like, through your high school experience, what were some of the memories and some of the 
meets that you went to that were like, okay, this really stood out. Maybe I can take this and like I can push myself farther into throwing or farther into you know running or whatever at the time. What kind of gave you that clue? Like this is something I can do in college. Um, I think it was around my junior year when, because I didn't have a lot of competition in the small meets around. So when I went to the New Balance Nationals in Harlem, New York, um, I kind of realized that I was kind of good on a big level. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, maybe I can do this. And then the recruitment letters started coming in and I was like, I can yeah, I'll get the pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. what high school did you go to? I went to Monroe High School. So that's okay. about 40 minutes away from where I lived because my mom was a teacher there. She teaches medical science. So um, oh, cool. she just wanted me right there. <laughs> and you're like, no, mom, I don't want to be there. <laughs> I know, that's why I went four hours away for college. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Monroe, they got a good football program. I know mm -hmm. I've watched them a couple of times. They've made it to a couple of states. Um, they got a good athletic, they got a decent athletics program up there. My um stepdad is the assistant football coach there too. Oh okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we're deep in there. <laughs> so when when did you realize um or not realize, when did you decide that okay, ECU is where I want to go? Um you have the legacy at NCA and T, you getting all these letters in after the Harlem. Uh, New Balance meet in New York. When was it like? Okay, when did you decide to take trips? When did you decide ECU is the place for me? Oh uh, well, I was really bad at my recruitment like uh, process. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had remember getting, I think it was a message on Facebook from Coach Price or something. I really didn't know anything about ECU. Um, yeah. even though I was like on the other side of the state, I didn't know anything about ECU. <laughs> I knew about. Uh, NC State, Duke, and Chapel Hill, everybody knows about those. Yeah. But right. I was like, uh, I'll go for like a courtesy visit just to not be rude. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take okay. my free trip, but it's okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I went there and I honestly didn't have the best recruitment trip. Not, but like, I don't know, it was a weird time. So I didn't have a host and I actually got food poisoning. But oh. Like all of that said, and I still came here because I knew the coaching and the people that I did meet, it was a great environment and it felt like family and something clicked where it felt like home and I knew I would be safe here and everything. So that's kind of why I came. That was good. You must not have met Dylan on your recruiting trip. So that was good. <laughs> he did. <laughs> oh, she, she oh, did. I remember that. Go oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I remember your visit. Oh, wow. Yeah, I remember. That was Julie. a good night. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You came to six hundred eight Arnold, didn't you? Probably. <laughs> that changed it right then. <laughs> I'm telling you, if if everybody doesn't know what six hundred eight Arnold is by now, they should. We've talked about it so much, a thousand times at least. That, that was the best house we've ever stayed at. We had <laughs> we had a lot of good times there. Yep. Yeah. So what how, how many schools were you getting recruited by after that Harlem trip? Because I take it from before that trip, not much recruitment process going on, nothing really crazy. Um, that trip afterwards, you obviously got some, at least ECU during that time. But what, what were the amount of schools and what type of schools were you getting after that trip? Um, See, like I said, I was bad. So I would like open messages like after I came to ECU and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> but um, 
the biggest schools I would say was like um NC State, Chapel Hill, uh Wake Forest, Marshall, um, just just like that, and a lot of D2 schools and stuff like that. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So before before we continue on to this, let's let's go back a little bit. Uh talk about your time going going to this trip. Um, because this is a very important part. We're kind of skipping over here. <laughs> very true. <laughs> talk, talk about like whenever you first found out that you were going to go take this trip, that you got invited to go to this big meet that's nationally ranked. Like go go through your go through your emotions process whenever you first heard about it. How how did you hear about it? And what did you think about it afterwards? Oh Lord, how did I hear about it? It's probably through my head coach at the time. Um. Did you have to meet a certain qualification to do it? Yeah. Okay. Um, and she was like, well, you know, you qualify for this. We're not going to pay for you to go, but if you can get find your way to get there, then, you know, you can go. But um, I was really excited. My mom was really excited, and she was like, oh, yeah, we're going. Um, this is a great networking opportunity, and, you know, mm-hmm. it's a way to show off your skills on a big stage. And it was really cold. It was, like, March, and I have never felt the coldness like that. Like, we went – in Times Square and it was like ice hitting my face. It was crazy. Yeah. But um it was really exciting. It was great to see other people on a level like me. Like in past meets, I would throw like almost 10 feet past people. So it was really nothing. So um yeah, it was just really exciting to see people on that level too. How did you end up doing? Oh uh I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I must have did pretty good, I guess. <laughs> so you're so wrapped up in the whole moment, you don't even know how you finished. Yeah, I was so excited to go to New York. I actually used to go to New York every summer to a Jewish camp, but I'm not Jewish. But my mom. <laughs> 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 to a Jewish camp, but I'm not Jewish. I love, I love, I love the, the take on that. <laughs> <laughs> my mom got a nursing uh, job there for the summer. And it was usually like 10,000 a year or 10,000 a summer for kids to go, but I got to go for free. So she was like, yeah, you're going. And it was a great experience. I went there every summer. So I was really excited to go back to New York and I was born there. So. Oh, what part of New York were you born in? Rochester, the very top. Really? My Mm -hmm. aunt and uncle are here from Rochester right now. My mom's from upstate as well. So what part of Rochester? I have no idea. (laughs) The hospital was burned down and everything. I don't even know. I love it. <laughs> oh gosh. That's funny. So you go you go after this big meet. You're a junior in high school. And you go, I guess you have to do pretty good because you're starting to hear from schools right after. And you're getting letters, you're not even opening them, you're getting emails, like it it don't matter. And you go to the redheaded stepchild of ecu and you're like okay well i'm just gonna go here not to hurt anybody's feelings meanwhile you end up signing a letter intent to go to them because like everybody is so family here and that's that is how east carolina is i mean us all of us went to ecu so we can all attest to how ecu is you end up getting here what is your first day like on campus doing i was with my all my brothers and stuff they were helping me move i have four brothers and i remember being really sad because i'm really close to my little brother i basically helped raise him he's nine now but i think he was like three or four when we 
first started. Like, like, me mm-hmm. So I remember being really sad, but then I met my roommate, Maya Stanley. Hey, Maya. And um, I was really, really excited because um, we had met at the state meet before and um, we kind of already had a a relationship for me. So I was really excited. She made me feel really comfortable. And we went to any event that was giving free shirts and free food. So (laughs) that's good motivation right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) I totally understand that. So, so it, it's it's much. I'm sorry, Nate. No, it's, go, go, uh, go. No, you you had. It's right. a it's a tougher time. You going there? I mean, you're excited. Obviously, you're going to go go in college, do what you like to do, and everything. But it's it's tough, especially being four hours away from home. Yeah. Um. How did your how how did your parents respond? Because I mean, your mom being a Hall of Famer, like obviously she's like a very excited for you to be going in. You're doing the same sport that she did whether it's the same events or not it's still the same sport mm-hmm. how, how were how were they obviously they're gonna miss you but like are they really excited too or oh yeah they were really excited um my dad is a little more just let her go you know but my <laughs> mom she I think she was more still to this day she misses me like crazy and she calls me every day and I think she was a little more sad um but yeah they were really excited that that's also why they were um, more comfortable letting me go to ECU because my mom came on the recruitment trip with me and she felt safe um, leaving me here after talking to the coaches and stuff. So she felt a little more content um, seeing things hands-on and knowing that I would be left in good hands and stuff. So That's, that's always an important thing. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's a, we don't hear many parents say that about them being safe going yeah. to ECU. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to throw that out there. There ain't a whole lot of my dad went to ECU in the 90s, so he's oh. he flats on me. He's like, you know what you're getting into. <laughs> yeah, I don't think my mom really knows about that much. <laughs> we'll keep so, that on the down low. Uh we won't give too much away there. <laughs> oh man. So when you got to campus, did you kind of already have a degree in mind that you wanted to go through, or was it you kind of you know, took your athletic time your first year and like, you know, okay, let me get acclimated with changing of how practices are done and stuff like that. And let me just take a few classes, kind of figure that stuff out afterwards. Um, because I know you did, you did not compete in 2018, 19, and then obviously 2019, 20 was COVID year. Um, and I take it you took a, fr- a redshirt year, your freshman year. Yeah, I was injured. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that would make sense. So did you, so how was that going in? How did that affect your your freshman year then? Going being injured and not being able to compete and all that kind of stuff. How did that really affect your your timing? Um it was really sucky to say it in a way. Um I think I injured myself like in January and it was not a small injury. Obviously, I tore my ACL. So and it was right before, you know, January is right before we start getting things uh for indoor season. So I was really sad to get that news. Um, it took a lot of time for me to accept that I would be sitting out for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, uh, with my teammates around, they were really supportive. Even um, the distance team that I stayed on the hall with, they were really supportive. My coaches were really supportive. Um, so yeah, I had a really good support system. Um, with my academics, it didn't really affect it. Um, I came in that's also a reason why I chose ECU. I came in wanting to be a music major. 
Um, so I did that for two years, and it only lasted two years. <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> I like heard music, but um, yeah, it, it just had its challenges, so I had to switch. But, what did um, you end up switching to? Communications. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. Don't feel bad. I, I switched five times, so don't feel bad. <laughs> He's not kidding. No, I mean, five serious. times. Yeah. <laughs> I actually I applied to the school as one thing. And if you want to count that, that was six times I technically changed before even going oh. to school, really. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Don't, don't threaten having to change majors. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted the rare view that didn't change majors, but I should have. <laughs> I cannot get a job with my degree. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's not a thing. So you have a yeah, hobby out of your degree. How's that? I do. I do. I mean, it's this sports media. Yeah. So. Man, it helps out a little bit, yeah. but I don't get paid for it. Hey, not yet. Sucks. Yeah. Not yet. That's true. Positivity here. Positivity here. Exactly. Always got to stay positive. So you end up having that injury, tearing your ACL. How long, what was that process like? Because I don't think we've had many people on here who have said they've torn their ACL. But what was that process of recovery like to get back to the field to for shot put in for throwing? Yeah, that was really hard. Like, I, I really hated being not – anything on the personal trainers but I hated being in there every day like and that's all I saw like I didn't get to go to weights I didn't get to go to the track I was just in the training room and back home in school and stuff so I really hated being in there um but I worked really hard so I could get out of there <laughs> I think that was my motivator <laughs> yeah, it's a good motivator. Um, exactly so yeah um and then when I went home for the summer I had a personal trainer there that helped me get back to where I need to be. And um, yeah, I came back stronger and then try my meniscus, but oh, it's a never ending cycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that to me is more dangerous than the ACL, to be honest. Mm. It's never a hundred percent after that. Like your ACL, at least you can like kind of replace it and it, you can right. make, feel like it's hundred percent, but the menis meniscus, unless it heals magically on its own as a miracle, I mean, it's never a hundred percent after that. Right. Were they uh were they partial tears or were they complete? Um, my ACL was complete, and mm -hmm. um, my meniscus. I think it was a partial tear. Um, I had surgery this past summer, so about mm -hmm. a year. Ago. See that that's where it's a little bit little bit worse on the meniscus yeah. side. If if you go ahead and tear, and I'm I'm saying it very poorly here, mm -hmm. if you go ahead and tear your ACL completely, it can be reconstructed a lot yeah. better than if it's partially partially torn is a little bit more difficult. But if you go ahead and tear it completely, just get it out of there. You can go ahead and get a graft in, um, okay. get a lot stronger that way. If, but with a meniscus, it, it, it's very, it very out difficult. And that's, it, that's gone until you get a full knee replacement. But who wants that? You know? Yeah. Um, so you go into your, I take it as, would you be considered your junior year or would it be considered a red shirt freshman? Because I, I assume you took a medical red shirt and then yeah. 2019 had a regular red shirt season. Or was that just? Well, it was like a 2018, 2019 kind of thing. Yeah. And that was my um, injury year. And then 1920 was the COVID thing. COVID lockdown, and, the whole, mm -hmm. like, yeah. after spring break. Because I, I graduated in 20. So, like, after spring break, I know we all, <laughs> everybody fled and nobody stayed. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so, then your first true year was competing in 2021, 2020, 2021 season. Um, mm -hmm. What? 
after going through your injuries, after going through COVID, what was it like to be on the field for the first time and, you know, truly in competition after three years, two and a half, three years of not being able to? What was that feeling to finally be back on the field? Yeah, um, I think I was really hard on myself. Um, I put a lot of stress on myself that I probably shouldn't have, um, mm -hmm. which didn't end up in the best results. I think my first meet was the home meet and I was like stressing really bad. And I was like, you have all this expectation, so you got to do good. And then I went out there for like 10 meters or something, which oh. is really <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which is really bad. Um, but then the more I relaxed and trust in my progress and all the work that I've done, um, it got better. I think I ended up in conference like 11th or something. Which is okay for my first time. Um, yeah, absolutely. After not competing for almost three, two years or three years. Right. Um, but so you go from being 11th, 12th, you know, somewhere around that line, 10th for your first true season competing, and you go into your next season and you end up in like the top 10 in almost everything. You either won the Trojan uh, Challenge, the Adidas Trojan Challenge, or you got top four in the conference. Um I think I believe that was outdoor and indoor, but I'm not not 100 yes. sure. What was that? What was that experience like? Going from being kind of like okay, middle pack, like learning the sport again from a college perspective, to being at the top, fighting for championships. I should say at yeah. that point, it was, was a great that? feeling. Um, I think it kind of validated all my hard work that I had did, and just um, helped me push me to where I am now. Um, I'm a very competitive person <laughs> I get that from my dad <laughs> um I'm never truly satisfied so I'm always pushing to strive to the next goal and um I think that was really exciting to see some of my hard work pay off um me and my teammate got third and fourth in outdoors so that was really exciting That's awesome. mm -hmm. um so yeah it was just really exciting to um be out there and start doing good how did uh I know how it is with being under Coach Price and his coaching style is it's probably one of the best coaching philosophies I've been underneath in ever. I've never had a coach like him. Um, how is it like competing with Coach Price like on a day to day basis? Um, I know he's very he's very positive man. Like he's very forthright. He'll tell you exactly what's going on, but like he has a way of telling you what you're doing wrong without being very critical of you and making you feel like just, just bring you down. He's never been like that. So say uh, for people that don't know coach David price, like kind of explain a little bit how he is. Cause I know he's, he's a very big impact on you, especially you coming off of injuries and everything. Um, through COVID the year right after your injury. Right. And just, just explain a little bit how it is competing under him. Um, like you said, he's the best coach I've ever had. Um, I think he, I think the best thing about him is that he realizes that we are more than our sport and he like drills that in us so much. If we have a bad day, he always reinforces that it's okay. And that we're going to have bad days. And, um, he understands it. He understands that the influences of the outside world can sometimes affect our athletic ability sometimes. And he's really encouraging and doesn't belittle us or make us feel like we're not enough. So, yeah, um, just the positive reinforcement always helps um, being under him and stuff. 
I feel like that's a theme, not amongst just ECU track athletes, but just great coaches in general. Uh, you know, like Dean Smith and John Wooden and um, J- Nick Saban and a lot of these guys. Yeah, okay, Nick Saban, we can say now how he is, but even when he was first starting out and at LSU and stuff like that, these great coaches, they say athletes are more than just an athlete. You know, that bad days are going to come, like you said, and that great days are going to be after that. And I think that you can almost put Coach David Price, even though I've never met him in person, but from what I hear, you can almost put him in that category even though he's at a smaller school and he represents really well and puts out great phenomenal athletes. I think that's one of his key things, just from all the different athletes between Dylan, Logan, Becca, you, Ryan, it seems to be, he's almost on that, that level of the great coaches in other sports and how he can get your, how to get an athlete, get the best out of an athlete, I guess is the right way to say it. And the, the funny thing is, too, with him and uh, not like trying to give out too much dirty laundry and everything and all that, but <laughs> he's had so many options to go to like big time schools. Like he he's had a ton of opportunities, but he wants to stay at East Carolina because he can coach his way. Yeah, he gets people exactly the way that he like the type of athletes that he wants because he knows how to mold us. He knows what makes us tick. And like, he's just got that eye for athletes that he knows how to persuade to do things like certain ways. But also he is so good at understanding that there's a life outside of sports. Just like you said, there's a life outside of sports and there's factors that influence our performance. Mm -hmm. And he knows how to like use those things. It's just like, like it happened with some of us. Like if, we broke up with a girlfriend or someone broke up with a boyfriend or something like that. He knew how to take that and like animosity, animosity and all that anger and stuff. He knew how to use it and turn it into your throws. It's so weird that good coaches can do that. But I, I agree with you. I mean, when it comes to the performance and like results standpoint, I mean, he's put out all American after all American a hundred percent. He's done it. You can look back at his stats. He's done it. But, like, I mean, he's not putting up the people like a Nick Saban or a Dabo Sweeney, yeah. but that's because he's not at a big-time school like that. But at the same time, his coaching philosophy is the exact same way. Exactly. So I would definitely put – I, I agree with you. I would put him in the same type of coaching philosophy as as a Nick Saban or somebody like that. Um, I just want to talk about him for a minute because Coach Price deserves all the recognition for everything that he's done. Yeah. I think I gotta meet Coach Price at some point here soon. You know, like, we gotta have him on the podcast. A whole bunch of his athletes. I think I, I deserve to get to meet him at some point here. You know, just, <laughs> just say, just say, just say. Uh, <laughs> you know how many people will listen to a show with him on here? That's what I'm saying. I've been trying to tell you to get him on here, but you know, that's a, that's a I, I gotta <laughs> I gotta get up with him. I um, might just show up at a track one day and say, "Hey, come with me. Yeah, Let's go." I'll come down with you that day, and we'll go do it. <laughs> we'll do it in the shed. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one thing I do want to ask is what was it like throwing your PR at an ACC school um it was really a good feeling (laughs) I always (laughs) throw pretty well at USC um I don't know just that 16 I've been like trying to hit that for so long Mm -hmm. so getting 16 with a little point two two on the side it was just like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was an amazing feeling. Um, mm-hmm. The coaches there are always very welcoming. The USC throws coach is a great mm-hmm. guy. 
um, everybody there is really supportive. All the coaches there, the UMO coach, we always see him and stuff. So everybody was really happy for me. People who um, weren't on my team were coming up to congratulate me and everything. So it was a great feeling. Um, I won an umbrella, which I love. Hey, especially <laughs> in Greenville, you need that. You never know what's going to rain. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. Just don't get caught walking around with it on your bag and look like the gumbrella guy. Uh, fresh, freshman or sophomore you, year, that you probably don't even know about that. Yeah, this was the year year or two before you. We were sitting. I was in Brewster when this happened, right? Mm -hmm. So you know how Brewster is with the four entry points you can go into, or like the way they design it look like four entry points. So imagine that, and them telling you when you're in the middle of class, "All right, guys, stay in your classroom. Can't leave because we have somebody who looks like he's carrying like an AR-15." And come to find out, the police come in, everybody comes in, and I'm watching this out the window of Brewster, watching it all happen, and they go, oh, it's just an umbrella, guys. It's a black umbrella. That That's all it was. You know, with Look little, it up. It's like, it's a legit thing. It was insane. It was insane. Definitely will look that up. I've never heard about that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> I, was, I can't remember if it was 1516 or 1617 that happened. I want to say it might have been 1415. No, no, because we weren't there 1415. Yeah, but it wasn't wasn't. No, we were there. I was, I was watching outside the window. I think I wasn't on campus at the time. I remember it, but I don't yeah. think I was on campus. Was in, That's I why I didn't really of, know about it. I was in the middle of class, and my whole class turned around and watched it outside the window when the police came. So That's cool. Gosh. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember that. It was quite wild. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but so hey, before before we get into this season, um, let's go ahead and take a commercial break, and we'll be right back. Yo, yo, thank y'all for joining us back here at the Athletes Table Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Craft, and alongside me is the Lebanese Stallion. Welcome back, everybody. And along with us is our guest, the Nadia Faison. Nadia. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Man. See, see man. Nick's already one, got me messed one up. One for two. One for two. Nick, Nick's messed me up, man. I've known you for this long, and I've called you the same name every single time I've seen you. And then Nick says one thing, and it messes me up. I'm not going to lie. The I and the Y together is what threw me off with it. You know, that, that's where I was like, okay. You know, that, that's why I was calling you Nadia, not Nadia. So many different variations. It's fine. It's, it's Nick's fault. It's all his fault. Who's Nick? I, I just know the love he's telling. I don't know Nick. Um, that's true. My alter ego. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> so we're we're gonna get back into it. Um, so we're going with the so 2022 2023 season. Prime year. Yeah. This, this is when and go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm She's really excited. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first time qualifying for regionals, so I'm really excited about that. I'm really I'm excited sorry. about um 
going in Tampa this weekend. I have a good shot, but you know, fingers crossed. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally forgot that conference was this weekend too. Mm-hmm. That's because I don't I don't realize it's May yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone by so quick. Like I'm not gonna lie, I, I still feel like we're in February, but I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. It, I, I do too. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know where the last five, six months have gone. It's went know, by so fast. But... Since Christmas till now, I'm like, it's all been a blur to be honest. Right. Well, you know. But um so what was that feeling when you found out you got you qualified for regionals? Um, I think it was a mixed feeling when I threw my sixteen meters. I kind of knew I would be up in the ranks, so I was really excited. Um, I'm just really excited to go showcase my talents and continue on with um, you know, yeah. my thorn career. It was nice that it doesn't have to end at Tampa. Yeah. Have to keep yeah. yeah, yeah. The good thing is, you know, it's not only does it set you up for this year to keep going after conference and stuff, but it sets you up for your senior year. Yeah, to be at the top of your game, at the top of the conference, hopefully, and everything else going through. Who knows? Right. He might have another All American next year and this year. Yeah, you that's very know. true. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I know he's really hoping for it. Yeah, <laughs> we all know Logan's not going to be it, but you know that's I guess, another story for another day. No. <laughs> love you, Logan. Shout out to Logan. Boy, <laughs> I love so, you. Oh, What's uh, what what's your mindset going into this weekend? Um, my mindset all year really has just been I just want to have fun because it's um putting stress on myself. Like I said before, it was just really detrimental to my performance. So just relaxing and trusting in my work that I've done all year. So I'm just really excited to go show how hard I've been working all year. So just relaxing and having fun with my teammates. And that's what a lot of young athletes they tend to do is they tend to put a lot of extra stress on top of them having to go into these meets where they're already going to be stressed out in itself and you adding stress on top of it. It's just, it's like you said, it's detrimental to your performance. Um, so I'm glad you, you said that, that stress has been a giant factor in every single athlete that we've talked to so far. Yeah. Yeah. It plays a gigantic role in taking stress off. Yes. It, it's, it almost like it's just as good as making sure you get enough sleep. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, it can, it can really change how you perform on a day-to-day basis. As long as you keep that mentality, like, man, there, there's no point in stressing about the stuff that I don't, I don't control. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And athletes such as college athletes can put some stress on because of academics and for, for home stuff, stuff that's going on at home. Um, because it's not like they're a professional and they kind of go out on their own now. Yes, you're on your own, but you're you're still relying upon your family, you know, and you're still relying upon your schoolwork and your teachers and everything else in between. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a good take on it. Uh, I just forgot what I was. I had a question in mind. I just went blank a minute ago. Um, so if so you what, you, go what do you? <laughs> I got you. What do you rank going into conference? Uh, first. Oh, you're oh, first. Okay. Oh, that's fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I in the most humble way possible. <laughs> so we're expecting a first place finish this weekend. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm gonna try. <laughs> well, we'll we'll take the stress for you. You just go do what you're supposed to do, okay. and right. we'll take that. We're we're the betting men here. Okay. Yeah. You're just an athlete. Right. <laughs> don't worry we, we believe in you and you know the whole athletes table family believes in you so you got this uh-huh. just got to represent the pirates proud that's all that matters 
Yeah, just remember this episode is going out right before you're going to throw. So everybody's <laughs> no going to hear no. it. No stress at all. So I don't know if you want to go tell all your teammates that this is coming out or not until afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> just tell Logan he has all the stress. You know, that's, that's the only okay. person you got to tell. Yeah, maybe Becca if you want to, but you know, that, that's yeah. about it. <laughs> she might she might use that just like rip a freaking PR like I, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, that's that's just like, the way she is. Yeah. yeah. Man, I, I tell no, you I, I, track athletes and I, you guys can both attest to this from what I've experienced talking to you and the little experience I did uh doing track in middle school, but it seems track athletes have a different mindset. They're almost like a a doctor or like a um like a michael jordan-esque person persona mentality wise you know it's you versus the world it's not necessarily a team versus the world type of thing um so it seems that you guys are able to take the slightest thing motivate yourself with that even if it's not a, you know oh i spilled water on my shoes today like ruined the 200 dollars pair of jordans or something like that and use that as motivation to go throw your pr or go run your uh your best time and stuff like that but i definitely see that in almost every single athlete that's a track athlete that we've interviewed it all have that same mentality right. i don't know if you guys see that with your friends who are you know your teammates or dealing with your ex-teammates and stuff like that if you guys see that in yourselves and in there as well too because i wasn't really a track athlete i was a baseball and a basketball guy that's all i really ever played so it was a completely different completely different thing so um i don't know if you guys see that as your in your ex-teammates and teammates now yeah um even though it's an individual sport um me personally i'm a very team person like i'm really into um motivating my team while we're there like i'll always be the loudest one i lose my voice at almost every track meet so <laughs> i'm just really there to especially because i have all this experience with my this being my fifth year i really like to pour my experience into the younger um teammates here who don't understand that they don't have to let the nerves get the best of them or they don't have to put the stress on them so i really try to drill into them the fun aspect you know this is supposed to be fun yeah we're out here like everybody doesn't get to be out here it takes a lot to get to a d1 level so just have fun and know? even to make make regionals too you know it takes that That's extra it. oomph to get there too right yeah so yeah and i'll i'll agree to it and i'll go down to an even deeper level um a lot of track athletes they're very intelligent people yes not saying that, i that's, am that's kind of like what i was saying. going with there, there's a lot like so many of our teammates between uh just for instance like pole just just throwing somebody out there pole was very 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 intellectual like i think he's got his doctorate degree right now there's so many people that went and got their master's degrees or get a doctorate degrees where they can diagnose their own problems I mean, that's and how fatty was i mean that's how fatty became exactly a, you know runner motivated to do that and you know, that's like and, very intelligent that way. No, you're right. And I feel like the reason you see so many track athletes go and they get multiple degrees and they're just very smart intellectual people is because the sport itself, you have to kind of have that let's break everything apart, diagnose it, figure out what's going wrong. Cause there's so many tiny little pieces to what you're trying to do, where if you do one thing wrong, it can mess up the whole. Your, it can mess up your results. 
I mean, baseball um, baseball can be that way with batting, but not necessarily playing in the field and stuff. You know, field well, maybe you, maybe for a pitcher it might be because I never pitch. I was a catcher, right. third baseman, so right. pitcher might have that same issue. But then basketball, it's like okay, yeah, your elbow might be out of hair when you're shooting, but you can like as the game goes on, you can fix yourself throughout the game. Whereas you know when you're throwing or even when you're running, you have that split second that you have to quickly change because your throw is going to come up again, and you only get a couple throws of meat. I was about to say match. <laughs> well, you 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 can hide you can hide flaws in a team sport. Yeah, that, that's exactly yeah yeah. So whether it's track and field, swimming, golf, mm-hmm. um, tennis, like all all these like Olympic sports. Yeah, you gonna put in that? They're very highlighted. Like you have to do everything on your own, and you cannot hide your flaws. Yeah, that's why track athletes, swimmers, tennis, golf. All, all these people, they're very detail-oriented, yes. and they want to make sure every single part is correct, and that goes off the field or goes off the court, and you kind of take that into your own life, and you, that's just a mentality that you have. So that's that's kind of why you see a lot of these Olympic athletes, they, they are like that. They're very smart yeah. people. Yeah. Um, now, I'd say I'm smart because I'm not. I mean, I got a sports degree. I didn't. I didn't do a whole lot. <laughs> Obviously, that's not very smart. <laughs> um, so, what are your expectations going in? I know you said this meet is to hopefully finish first, but what are your realistic expectations for this meet and then for regionals as well? Um, for this meet, I would hope to come first, like you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but for regionals, um, I think it's more of an experience for me um so I can well if I end up going to Texas this year that'd be great to nationals Mm -hmm. um but I think it's more of an experience just getting out there and um being able to throw against a whole bunch of big competition that I don't Mm -hmm. usually get to see too often in my conference or whatever so um really excited about that and trying to get some experience so next year I can take it even further if I don't this year yeah absolutely Absolutely. Uh, we're we're excited for you. We're yeah, yeah. we've been keeping tabs on some of the at least the ECU throwers and everything because yeah of our lineage on the show. But yeah, um, we're making making sure like y'all stay in tune. If you have any questions or anything like between me and you know a bunch of people that have came before us um, that needed that help, um, y'all know who to go to. But yeah. So do you have any aspirations on throwing out outside of school? Like once you get done, no, no. <laughs> that was quick. No, you can see, like, um, as injury prone as I am, like, I'm barely getting these six years in. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to just uh get this degree paid for it, do as much as I can. Like, mm-hmm. if it was just about that, I probably would be settling for what I'm doing now. But just because I'm just a big competitor, I want to go as far as I can. So, yeah. um, but after this, yeah, no, I'm done. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> it's too much. I'm ready. I can't. <laughs> I I understand. Yeah. So this is something we ask everybody on the show and um, we get great feedback from people and from the athletes who listen to it too. What is one piece of advice with all your adversity you've gone through, you know, in track and field with Corona, with uh, injuries, with your mom being a hall of famer at NCAA and T and having to live up to that expectation type thing. um, What is some advice you'd give to the next generation coming through who want to be the next uh, star athlete at their of their track and field event or you know of any sport to be honest what would be your what would be some um, advice you'd give to them um I think part of my problem when I came in is I was so focused on 
other people's performance and what other people were doing. Um, I think where I found most success is honing in on what I'm doing and focusing on what I can control every day. Like in the weight room, this could be heavier. Like I'm going to go heavier in this. Um, I could stay out and practice for an extra 15 minutes. I can do an extra couple reps, like really controlling everything that I can control so that when it comes to this big, these big meets, I'm not like mad at myself because I've done everything I can in the off season. And mm-hmm. that's where the most work comes in. So I would just say, focus on yourself and have fun. That's that's yeah. really a big thing for me. Yeah. I think we get caught up too much in trying to be the best we can and be the best out on the field and on the, in the meet and on the court, wherever you're at in the pool, whatever that we forget that last phrase you said, got to have fun with it. I think almost every athlete kind of gets so competitive in the, especially the ones who try to take it as far as they can get so competitive in themselves that they forget the biggest key to all these sports is to have fun. Right. It's not a, it's technically not a hundred percent a job yet, you know, according to the NCAA, but it is a job for most athletes. And uh, that, that is one thing that I do see a lot of athletes forgetting is to have fun yeah. during it. Yeah. You know, I said, according to the NCAA, Dylan, not according to me. <laughs> well, at this point, the NCAA, <laughs> we don't even know how they see it anymore. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's my say. point. Exactly. But anything else you guys like to add today? Any shout outs you want to give? Oh, uh, shout out to my mom and <laughs> my dad and all my brothers, Q, Hudson, Dede, Krishan, and my sister, Layla, and all my teammates. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> and thank well, you guys so much for having me. This yeah. Week. Oh, definitely. Thank we you for coming We were glad that on. you were on. Yeah. We were we really look forward to it. And we, we can't wait to hear what happens this weekend and the future weekend soon, too. Um. But with that, yeah, we'll we'll be in touch uh, the next couple of weekends or so and see absolutely. how everything goes. And we might have you pop on, give us a yeah. little bit of an de- update. Yeah, yeah sure. No problem. Thank you so much. So, yeah, All right. Thank, thank you. you for coming on. Yeah. And with, and with that, this is the Athletes Table. Word. This has been a Beyond Sports Media production. You can find us at Apple Music, YouTube, or any of your favorite podcasts and platforms.